Hello there and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast. I'm here as your host, Elsa Kepi. You can find out more about me on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. And I'm here today to talk about something that was brought to my attention by a colleague, actually, and I thought was worth a, worth a show in and of itself. And so this is, what is the difference between a fawning trauma response and the harmless flirting that we might do with people that we're interested in? And so for those of you who are maybe new to the show or new to psychology or the the, uh, you know, aren't up to date on the neurological um, effects of trauma, fawning has been recently added alongside the fight, flight, or freeze response that we might do to trauma, um, you know, traumatic situations or out of fear. And fawning has been added as something, you know, it's kind of an excessive people pleasing as a way to diffuse conflict, uh, to make ourselves theoretically feel safer. And it often comes up as a mode of coping for people that have had complex PTSD situations in their childhood, which means generally long-term relational trauma. So not necessarily coming from a shock trauma, but a long-term sort of relational trauma. So, you know, a lot of times this response pattern is kind of ingrained and I would say it goes along with, um, you know, gender, gender as well. Women probably tend to fawn more than men because we tend to be smaller physically, perhaps, you know, looks like we're weaker physically. And so fighting um, or fleeing might not be the best option, you know, um, if we're in danger. And so, you know, trying to diffuse the situation or make someone else feel, um, you know, uh, diffuse the conflict or their aggression seems like a better way to feel safe than fighting or fleeing. Freezing and dissociating can come quite often after the, you know, we try fawning and we try people pleasing and that doesn't work. Sometimes we'll just kind of shut down. So that's often a common um, next step as well. But basically fawning is the use of people pleasing to diffuse conflict, feel more secure in relationships and also earn the approval of other people. So I thought this was really interesting because what fawning looks like to the other person can often be misconstrued as flirting. You know, we might, if, if we'll just take some gender, um, you know, examples here. And if a guy, you know, walked up to a woman and, you know, is interested in her or, you know, wants to kind of, um, see if they can exert some sort of control, manipulating, you know, flirting to get something, they may try to flirt with her. And if she is overwhelmed or overpowered or feels unsafe in that situation, she may giggle, she may look sideways or down, she may do um, some of these movements that have, you know, been thought of as flirting. We may look down, we may flutter our eyelids, we may giggle, we may kind of look sideways at them. We may kind of you know, lift our shoulders and kind of turn sideways. And this has been, you know, we might think of this as acting coy, you know, acting kind of pleased, but hard to get. And so you could understand that to the guy in this situation that might come across as flirting. And so 
he would continue or accentuate um, his flirting and his, you know, trying to get something from her, whether that's um, interest or romantic interest or, you know, physical interest. So he may, you know, um, accentuate his flirting and she may then, you know, kind of, if she says anything at all, just kind of giggle or agree with him or just kind of go along with his his flirting, you know, uh, maybe he gets her a drink, maybe she kind of, you know, drinks it. So she's starting to people please here. And be, and it's um, a very tricky, slippery slope there because if he misreads that as, oh, she's really into me and, you know, then she's kind of stuck with him. And then, you know, the end of the night comes and he assumes that she's been flirting with him all night. Of course, she's going to go home with him or whatever. And then she ends up, you know, not knowing how to get out of the situation um, or is just at that point almost to the free stage of dissociating and not really being aware of what she's doing, you know, in the sense of, well, I'm just going to give in to this person because that's easier than, you know, trying to resist at this point, you know, when I've been talking to him for the last hour or two and he's bought me a drink or whatever. So you can see how the fawning and the flirting could be really misconstrued. And I thought this was actually a very interesting point because many of us have never, or, you know, well, I'll speak for myself, we've never really considered the difference and how would, you know, the, the, let's say the aggressive person in this, in this instance, how would they know if someone's flirting with them or if someone's in their fawning response? So this is an interesting, you know, thing. So one, the flirter, you know, the when you're flirting, you typically feel equally empowered to be yourself and to be interested in someone or not to, you know, you are both kind of interested in each other. And to both of you, that should feel empowering it should feel like yeah i really like this guy i'm going to also you know show that i'm interested in him um and it should be kind of a two-way thing so if you look at your flirting and you are the one kind of making all the moves and the other person is just kind of going along with and if you ask them a question like you know well let's get some you know what do you want to drink or what let's go get some food what do you like and if the person doesn't answer directly, like something that they actually like or want, that's a clue that they are probably more in their fawning, like pleasing response. So if they say something like, oh, I'll just have what you're having or, you know, well, what do you want or what's your favorite place? So the person who is fawning will try to start really tuning into the other person and, and getting on board with what they like, because if they can figure out what, what the person likes, the aggressor in this case likes, they can go along with that better and stay safe. So on some level, we assume that this kind of behavior is going to help us feel more safe. Now, is it actually more safe? Well, no, not really, because we actually get more and more entwined with this person. And before we know it, we're you know, it's actually more effort and really difficult to take a stand. And so, you know, many people afterwards, they're, they're kind of like the regret, you know, sits, sets in the next day. And then they're like, oh, 
I didn't say no. I, it's my fault. I, I went along with it. You know, I shouldn't have gone, gone over to his place, you know, and, and we take it on as our own fault that we didn't stand up to this kind of, um, to this kind of behavior, the flirting behavior, and we didn't engage in it. It wasn't, it didn't feel consensual. And this is kind of the, the next morning regret feeling. And if, you know, people that fawn or people that use that as a coping strategy tend to take a lot of guilt and shame on themselves instead of feel, you know, allowing themselves to actually be angry with the other person for overstepping their boundaries. Now, how does the person who is doing the aggressor in this case, the flirting, how do they know? Well, this is where I think some really interesting education can come forward. We should be educating each other and our young people into, you know, asking questions that um, invites actual real sharing to reading body language, um, not just as am I going to get what I want, but do you know, is this person person actually sharing with me? Is this person actually reciprocating or are they just going along with me? And so, you know, we need to be teaching these types of interactive and relational skills much more because, you know, we don't always know these things off the bat. And if we haven't had good practice in relational skills growing up, then we we don't always get it when we're out there in the social scene. And, you know, uh, not even gender wise, many of us go out there and, and um, you know, we're trying to get something and we don't, we're not very masterful at doing it. So it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but but individuals with this fawn response pattern can be targeted by those who are narcissistic or those with a desire to control and manipulate people around them. And that happens as well. And in these situations, the fawn response creates a dangerous cycle with the narcissist. And the narcissistic person can start demanding more and more. And the individual that has come to be a, you know, have a fawning response often because of PTSD and trauma they start feeling greater levels of anger, guilt, self-reproach, um, forgiving all their emotional and physical, um, you know, needs over to the to the other person, and so, you know, it might come across as that that crazy woman who just loses her shit on someone completely unrelated. Because if you're doing this fawning response a lot of the time, you are actively, you know clamping down your actual emotions and so at some point you may explode and it just looks irrational at that point and you look like you're crazy and you're not crazy what you've been doing is trying to stay safe by pleasing everyone else and not and not you know having your own opinions or your own boundaries you're just trying to placate and please everyone else around you and of course you can't do that forever because you know we all have our own needs and wants desires and emotions and we need to be able to actively own those say them be be heard and seen in our own self you know all those things we really want in relationships and i'll say that you know i'm working with a woman at the moment that you know in in most relationships where she doesn't feel um a huge power dynamic a power differential she's pretty okay she can have boundaries she can stand up for herself but as soon as there's this kind of flirting thing going on or she's interested in someone, it goes straight into that fawning response. And she's right there trying to figure out how to please this person. And, and 
you know, the way she describes it is, well, I just don't feel like myself. Like all of a sudden I'm not able to share what I actually really think or feel about anything. And I'm just, you know, people pleasing. I'm just like being whatever I think they want. And of course that doesn't work to create a real intimate relationship because now you're not being real. You're just trying to mirror um, what the what you think the other person wants. And, you know, narcissistic people will love that because they're like, great, I have someone here that will do exactly what I want all the time. But an actual, you know, um, healthy person, human being that we might want to really have a relationship with is going to be kind of put off because they're going to be like, well, you know, this person doesn't seem to have a personality. They, they don't stand up for themselves. You know, how can I be, you know, I'm, I don't know who I'm relating to. So we kind of cut ourselves off at the nose in both instances. We either end up with people that want to manipulate us or we end up pushing away people who actually might be able to really see and hear us and witness us. So I thought this was a really interesting thing. One on the sake of those of us that tend to have this response, how can we become more aware of it so we can catch our own responses and, and say, wait a second, I'm going into my fawning response. How does that feel in my body? How, as you know, I'm a somatic therapist, so I'm always coming back to that. How does this feel in my body? Am I feeling desperate? Am I feeling a little trembly? Am I feeling a little bit dissociated? Am I feeling unsafe on some level? Am I feeling anxious, worried, can, you know, all those things that are coming up for me? And how can I, you know, recognize that tension in my body? You know, if I'm actually actively flirting and engaging romantically or sexually with someone that I like, ideally, my body wants to be open and relaxed and flexible and, you know, in that kind of warm and um, loving place. But if I'm feeling tense and tight and unsure and all of those kinds of feelings in my body, then this might be a, a significant point to consider that I might be more in the fawning response and actually not, you know, really showing up to this relationship. So just something to think about and really to take notice of. So if you're on the side of those person who fawns, can you can you see the difference of when you do that to when you feel really safe in a relationship and you can open up and you can, you know, give your opinion and all those things. And also from the, the perspective of um, the more aggressive person in this case, like the person who's trying to flirt and really can you notice when your flirting is being met with people pleasing as opposed to being met with, you know, uh, uh, another person who's flirting back and actually sharing themselves openly with you. And can you tell the difference? So again, these are some interesting topics that I think, um, you know, we'll definitely delve into more. But thank you for listening today. I hope that's given you something to uh, think about as you go about your day and your relationships today. If you want to comment or have a uh, an interest in being on my mailing list, please do go to my Pleasure for Health website, pleasureforhealth.com, sign up, get my pleasure tips, four weeks of pleasure tips, and stay connected to me with my weekly blog on all sorts of topics relating to relationships and intimacy and sexuality. And uh, I hope to uh, have you listening again next week.